Hey, hey, welcome back to this week's episode of Fat Loss Secrets. I'm so excited that we get to hang out again. In case you don't know who I am, my name is Angela Derrick. I am a certified macronutrition coach. I'm an emotional eating expert. I'm also an expert on weight loss for women over 40. And uh, in my earlier previous life, <laughs> 20s, 30s-ish, I've been a fitness competitor and in the fitness space for uh, a little over 20 years now. And I am currently over 40, fighting the good fight alongside of you against weight gain and um, trying to stay as youthful with my physique and in my body composition as possible. I mean, who isn't wanting to try to keep a, a well-fit toned body, especially as we age, right? So I am here, if those are your goals as well, I am here to help support you with your journey and help you overcome some of the challenges and um, some of the questions or sticking points that you may have in your own fitness, weight loss, health journey as well. And this month I did something kind of fun. I reached out to all of the wonderful women that are part of my private Facebook group, which by the way, I would invite you to join if you haven't. I mean, obviously it's free, it's private, and it's a great place for women who are looking for weight loss over 40. And I will actually make sure that I have the link to join my private Facebook group in the show notes. So you can just go there and I've got a couple of questions to ask you and one once you answer all those questions, boom, you will be admitted in. And I would love to get to know you there because I love to offer free resources for everybody there. But I basically polled everybody, everybody, and I asked those wonderful women, you know, tell me what the sticking points are for you. What topics would you like for me to cover in my podcast this month? And I love this. Monet actually said, you know what? I would really love you to talk a little bit more about learning how to be happy in your body now instead of like fixating on the number on the scale. And I totally get that. You know, I mean, it is so easy to make all of your fitness and weight loss goals about a number on the scale and that nothing will suck all the fun and joy and accomplishment and everything good about your journey out of that journey. Like just completely putting your blinders on and getting so fixated on what the scale is or isn't doing. And that's the last thing we want to have happen. So I'm so glad that she suggested this topic. So in her honor, this show is dedicated to her today. And so I kind of want to unpack that a little bit. Why do we get fixated? What's Because there's a mental component to that fixation that's happening and really give you some practical ways to try to work through it or to uncouple yourself from that fixation so that you can just enjoy the journey more, celebrate you and your accomplishment more and 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 actually, you know, enjoy more success. Because when we limit success to one number on one piece of measuring equipment, man, we miss like the forest for the trees. Um, it, it would be like walking outside in your backyard and you've got this huge, beautiful forest full of interesting trees and plants and animals and flowers and sounds and sights to be able to enjoy. But all you're doing is staring at one tree and you're like, what's wrong with that tree? What's wrong with that tree? What's wrong with that tree? <laughs> right. We don't want that to be your journey. So really when you get fixated on the number of, on the scale, what you're doing is you're getting tunnel vision. If you're listening to this instead of watching it on YouTube, like I keep putting my hands up over my eyes like they're blinders, you know, and I'm doing it right now. In fact, if you're listening, that's what I'm literally doing with my hands right now um, because that's, it's the tunnel vision. Like we, and that might be great for horses if you're pulling like a stagecoach or something, 
but that's and and it might be great to momentarily you know kind of put your blinders on and focus on something but we miss a lot of the learning and the joy and the growth if we're constantly just the tunnel vision and the only thing that matters is this stupid number on a scale and when we get tunnel vision you know, if you and I were coaching one-on-one and we were working together one-on-one and you were sitting across from me and we were having this conversation, what I would be telling you is that you've become disconnected from your why. That's really the place to start. When we get tunnel vision and we get fixated and stressed, it is time to take a step back. We have to take off the blinders and say, okay, put these aside for a second. Let's take a step back because we cannot solve this problem from this space of the tunnel vision. We're only going to get more and more. We don't have answers when we're in this space. We've got to get into a different space, a different head space and a different emotional space for us to truly see what's not working for us to see what we're missing and to have a different experience. It's it's like, uh, I'm going to paraphrase this. I want to say it's Albert Einstein. You said it, somebody really smart and famous, but um, you cannot solve the problem from the energy or from the head space, or from the mental space that it was, it was created, right? We can't solve the problem from the same space that the problem was created. We have to get into a different space in order to do that. So that's what taking a step back is going to do. And the way I always have my clients do that is, okay, why are we doing this, right? We got to reconnect to your why. Why did you start this journey in the first place? Because I guarantee you, it was not to reach a number on the scale. Oh, yes, I know you had a number in mind when you signed up for the program. I know that your goal is to reach 138, let's say. Okay. (laughs) I know you want to get to 138, but it's not about, oh, I'm at 138. Yay. I'm accomplished now. No. It's what you think being at 138 is going to do for you. What does that number on the scale actually represent? It's not about the number. It's what you think attaining that number is suddenly going to do in your life. How will your life change because you've been able to accomplish that goal? How is your life different because now the scale says 138 instead of 168? What has changed? That's your why. That's what we've got to reconnect with. That's what we've got to get focused on, right? Because it's not, nobody cares about the number on the scale. When you weigh 138, no one is going to know that. You could go to a guess your weight station at a carnival or a fair or something. They might guess lower. They might guess higher. Now, who not, you're not walking around with a scarlet weight on your chest that says, hi, I weigh 138. Praise me. You know, and, and chances are you might get to 138 and be like, oh, I bet I could make it better. Right. Because that can also be a, a moving target. So it has nothing to do with the actual number. It's what we have, our brain has said, if I can weigh 138, all these great benefits will happen to me. And that's what we want to connect with. That is your why. That is what you're really looking for. And when we get tunnel vision on the number, what we're doing is we're saying, oh no, oh no, I'm, I, I can't have the thing I really want that your subconscious brain is associated with 138. So what does that number mean for you? And and I'm not suggesting that 138 is your number. I'm just kind of picking one arbitrary. That's my number. So I'm picking my arbitrary number, but you know, like that's what we really want to get focused on. Right. So what is it that, that, that number represents? Is it wearing cute clothes in your closet again? Is it being able to go shopping in a store that you felt like was off limits Is it having your friends and family compliment you? 
Is it being in pictures and not feeling like you have to hide behind one of your kids or somebody else or suck in your stomach? Is it feeling like you're allowed now to be in the videos um, that you're that you're allowed to um, put yourself out there on a dating site? Is it represent you being able to climb a flight of stairs without feeling winded? I have so many clients that have said, I just want to climb a flight of stairs. I want to be able to go hiking with my grandchildren. I want to be able to fit on an airplane and not have a seat extender. I want to get on a roller coaster ride and not worry about whether or not the 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 thing is going to come down and fit me. Like these are all very important. That goes way beyond the number. And guess what? The good news is usually those things are not tied to a number. Usually being able to climb the stairs and not be winded, you don't have to necessarily get to 138 to get there. You can get there before right? Um, being able to fit into your clothes, you might see the inches really change much faster than the, the, the scale and be like, well, I'm not 138, but dang, this shirt fits. Look, right? So we don't have to just be at that number to enjoy the benefit. That's why we need to reconnect to the why, because that's also going to give us a lot more things to measure. When we get tunnel vision on the scale, we we have lost the details of the experience of the life that we want. And we need to fill in the details a little bit more so that we can give ourselves more parameters for measuring success. The scale is not the only way to measure your success. It is a crappy way, to be honest, to measure your success. Yes, we do want it to go down. If you're going to lose 30 pounds, the scale should go down by 30 pounds. Yes, but it doesn't tell you everything. You can lose 30 pounds and still hate how your body looks. That's happened to plenty of women. Because they lost weight, but it was water and muscle and a little bit of fat. And they thought, well, if I lo lose 30 pounds, I'll have abs. And they lost 30 pounds. They did, still didn't have abs because we have to do something else in order to make the abs pop out, right? It's not just about the number on the scale to get that particular result. So the number on the scale is going to correspond with all of the other things coming into line. But we need to have other measurements of success. So that, yes, as the scale is dropping, even if it might be lagging a little slower, we're still experiencing success in some of these other places. Like, I like how my arms look in the mirror. I like that I've lost an inch on my hips and on my waist. And even though I weigh the same, I've lost an inch. Therefore, fat has been lost somewhere, right? Or it might be, you know what? I, um, this, I've only dropped like two pounds, but oh my goodness, I've noticed my knees are not hurting. And I can, I can get on the treadmill for far longer. And then when I climb the stairs, like I don't get as tired. I have more energy uh, since I shifted my diet and I'm not experiencing the fatigue. And if I have more energy, then I can figure out why the scale is not working, right? If, if I'm experiencing some of the extra things that I want to experience in my life, then I can kind of figure out, well, why is the scale lagging? And I can get resourceful. I'm not throwing in the towel and making it worse. So we really want to define, to come out of the tunnel vision, we want to define what is it that I want to experience in my life? If I was whatever your goal weight is on the scale tomorrow, what are the things that I would feel, taste, see, hear, experience that I'm not able to do currently? Let's really define what experiences does that number represent? 
And now let's start to measure things in alignment with those experiences as well. I would feel more confident taking my kids out. Okay, great. Let's start taking your kids out. Let's start working towards that goal and what you would have to do to feel confident doing that while we're on our way to to whatever your goal number is, right? We can start to compare. Well, I would feel more confident about myself, okay? Well, I can promise you a number on the scale is not gonna suddenly give you confidence about yourself. I used to think that too until I hit the number on the scale and I still felt, in fact, I felt more insecure hitting the number on the scale because I thought, oh my God, what if I lose it? And I'm this number now, but I still see a fat person. That happens too. So this is why we really need to get specific about what it is that you want to experience because the number on the scale may not actually be the key to experiencing it, especially if it's, well, I just want to feel confident about myself. I got news for you. That number on the scale may not make you feel more secure if we need to change your thinking or we need to be healing something in your brain and your in your emotional experience in order to experience that. In fact, that number on the scale might make it worse. So that's where we really need to define and have a very clear picture of I am this weight and I am experiencing all of these things. And every single day we need to come back to these are the things I want to experience. How can I experience this more today as I wait for the scale patiently to also comply? Right. And that's also what keeps us in appreciation and gratitude. Um, There are two different ways we can experience our goals and our journey. And this is not just health. This can be in every area. It can be in wealth. It can be in relationships. It can be in any goal in a career, anything. If we are not experiencing our journey from a place of appreciation and gratitude and love and fun and excitement and growth, then anything can become a hell. Doesn't have to just be weight loss. It's just weight loss is quantifiable. So it's easy to get down on ourselves, right? But it could be um, trying to find love, right? And if we're not approaching that journey with, wow, what, what did I experience? And what have I learned today? And what am I grateful for? What am I happy that I have today in my life right now that when I get to share it with somebody else, someone else will benefit, right? If, if how we see our situation and our journey isn't from a place of abundance and appreciation and gratitude and joy, then I can promise you, Mr. Wright could walk through your door where you're trying to find love and you could find something wrong with him or some reason you don't deserve him or some reason why you shouldn't have him. And you could totally block that. Right. So, you know, what we resist persists. It's another Tony Robbins. I love Tony Robbins quotes. I've been to a lot of conferences of his, but there's very, very, they're, they're very easy to remember and they're very wise. And it's so true. That's actually a saying in the NLP neuro-linguistic programming community, which I'm also versed in, um, that what we resist persists. So we're creating or where focus goes, energy flows. So when we're focusing on everything we don't have, when we're focusing on everything we, we are restricted by, when we're focusing on all the bad stuff, We're going to create more of that. And that's what we're going to be experiencing. But when we are focusing on what we're excited about, what we're appreciative for, what wins, small wins we've been able to experience, then that's going to grow and double and multiply. And that's going to actually keep us into action, wanting to take more and more action steps, wanting to take bigger and bolder steps and be more excited and be more celebratory, which is going to build and make us feel more happy and more excited, more rewarded. It's going to light up our brains and we're going to take more and more action. So 
if you're really making it a point to appreciate your body for more than just your body fat percentage and it not being enough, right? Just think right now that you have a heart that was given to you free. You didn't earn it. You didn't even make the decision to put it there. You just received it from a higher power, something bigger than you, something greater than you, whether you want to say, well, it was my mom and dad, you know, or God almighty, you received a heart before you could ever earn it. It was a pure act of grace. It was just given to you out of pure love because something in the universe said you needed to be here. And you know what? That heart doesn't ask you whether or not you want it to beat today. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to remind your heart or remind yourself, keep eating heart, keep eating. Keep eat. No, it does it. It serves you day after day, moment after moment. It asks for nothing in return. It just like a dutiful soldier shows up, does its job, beats for you. And from this, all life extends to your body, all blood, all life. It's, it's an electronic system that extends energy to your entire body. It's a force. It's an amazing, incredible force that extends all the way out to even here. You might even be able to feel something right now, reaching out through your speakers or through your computer screen. As I'm talking about this force, I'm feeling in my heart just that it's generating from beating that when we focus on, oh my goodness, there's power. There's amazing things contained right here and we don't even think about it. So as you begin to notice and appreciate really, truly appreciate and refocus your brain on the amazingness of what you've been given that you get to experience every day that that we take for granted. I'm sure if you could talk to any dead person, they would gladly exchange a beating heart, <laughs> right? You know, like we get to have a beating heart. We get to have air in our lungs. I don't have to think to breathe. My brain just automatically does it. There are so many things I don't have to think about throughout the day that my body just takes care of. That's amazing. You start to look up how many cells you have in your body. Start to look up the complex systems of how your cells are, are constantly like communicating and receiving and, and, and doing things, repairing and, and all of these cellular processes. There's an entire universe inside your body right now that you, all you see is failure. And these are mechanisms that are doing things for you without you even realizing it, supporting you every single day. That's amazing. Then if you are, are taking the time to really appreciate and experience deep gratitude for that, then that is going to change your experience. If you can smell and taste and see, just think of all the people who are living in a body that can't see. If you couldn't see, would you care about the number on the scale? Would that change some things for you? What about not being able to hear? What about if you ever got COVID and you couldn't taste your food, right? It seemed great at first. You're like, well, now, now I can lose weight until everything tastes the same. Or you notice that certain tastes have changed forever. And now you can't enjoy coffee the same <laughs> or chocolate, or, right? You know, you, you take it for granted until something shifts. Let's appreciate your ability to, to taste. Let's appreciate your ability to touch to hug, if you have both arms and both legs, I know I've spent a lot of time on this, but when we get tunnel vision and fixated on everything our body is not, we are not looking at everything our body is. And when we start to look at everything our body is and appreciate 
where it is today, we can build on that success. When I go to the gym and I'm like doing squats or I'm bench pressing or I'm lifting weights or whatever. Yeah. There are times when I look in the mirror and I'm like, who is Still got a little something over there. I got to kind of, I can't wait till I get that off. Right. But then at the same time, I can say, but look at those shoulders. Man, look how much weight I'm pressing today. Look how strong I am that I'm doing this and I'm 42 years old. How many people can't do this at 42? Man, I'm proud of you, body. Thank you. That changes the experience. If you were to talk to your employees, the way you talk to your body, how appreciated would they feel? How hard would they work for you? Or worse, if you were to talk to your children, the way you talk to your body, how much self-confidence would that instill in them? How worthy would they feel? And yet we find it okay for us to dump on us and for us to treat ourselves abusively, but it's not okay to treat other people. And that's what has to shift. We have to stop abusing our body which means I'm going to start respecting it because the other part of this appreciation and gratitude thing is if you see your body as trash, if you see it as useless and worthless, well, why the heck should I take care of it then? Like, seriously, if I have a a beater car out in my garage and I see it as useless, a piece of trash, am I going to be cleaning it every single weekend? Am I going to be taking it through the car wash? Am I going to make sure my kids don't eat in that car, that it stays pristine? Absolutely not. I'm going to be like, whatever, draw on the seats. I don't care. It's our beater car. It's just our crap car. I don't care. I don't It's just whatever. I'm not going to repair it. I'm not going to take it to the body shop. It's our crap car. You're not going to treat it with the love and respect if you don't see it with love and respect. So if you don't see your body as being something worthy of your love and respect that you owe respect and honor to just out of gratitude that you get to live in it. Like you get to live in it. Wow. That was gifted you too. You didn't have to buy it. You you get to live in it and it operates the way you care for it. Well, guess what? That love and that respect, you're going to start feeding it different. You're going to start treating it different. You're going to start honoring it differently because you respect it and the work it does for you. Just like if it was your child or an employee or a spouse or a partner or your best friend, because if you treat your best friend like crap all the time, she's not going to want to stick around. Then if you treat your body like crap all the time and you see it as, as uh, you know, against you, it, it's going to deplete. It's, it's going to deteriorate. It's going to weaken and weaken and weaken. And that is simply a shift of a belief system. And it's a shift of perspective to say, you know what? For the amount of work my body does for me, it deserves my honor and respect. I'm going to start respecting and honoring you body. That's a shift. And that automatically will begin to change your experience. So I spent a lot of time on that, but it's a big one, especially when I work with people one-on-one because they've never thought of it that way. And when you start to adopt that sort of love and respect for yourself, just at least out of the honor um, and appreciation for what this thing does for you, the machinery that it does for you every day, then then you experience a different level of desire and care that you want to take for it. Um, and then, you know, really honestly, when when we're looking at taking a step back and what does that number on the scale represent to me? And how can I appreciate myself? The mindset that we really want to adopt 
is that growth mindset. So people will either go into a fixed mindset when they have a goal and it's, I have to be perfect. And this is where perfectionism happens. I have to be perfect or my body has to look perfect or else it's not good enough. And they, they see that as excellent, but that's not actually excellent. It's death. It's perfectionism. And no matter what they do, it's not right. And it's not enough. And it's always a moving bar and it's a moving goalpost. And it will make you absolutely miserable because guess what? When it's, when it's perfectionism, you never actually arrive. It's always a way to beat yourself up for not being enough. So what we have to do is let go of that perfectionism and we have to adopt a growth mindset, which which the tools I've already given you is what we have to do. We have to say, okay, what's great about where I am right now? What can I appreciate? I love that. It's a question that Tony Robbins um, always teaches that to ask, what's great about this right now? What's great about my body right now? Because here's the truth. You're going to be in a lot of different bodies between now and the end of your life. And, you know, God willing or you willing, you might be in a 105-year-old body. You might be in a 95-year-old body. You might be in an 85-year-old body, right? That 85-year-old body is not going to look the same as a 35-year-old body, nor should you expect it to. And if you can only be happy if you look like someone who belongs in Victoria's Secret, and you're expecting yourself to always look that way, especially when you're 95. Number one, that's just plain creepy. It's unrealistic and it's creepy and unnatural. <laughs> I mean, I saw a video of Madonna on tour recently, and she could bear, she clearly had some hip or some knee issues. I think she's in a knee brace um, in the video. And she was like trying to do like this pole dancing gyration thing. And it just looked creepy. It was just kind of like, that's not hot, Madonna. You're like 65. I don't, I don't want you to strip for me. I'm sorry. It's not hot anymore. You need to act your age, right? There <laughs> comes a time when something just like naturally doesn't seem right anymore. It just kind of bucks what we should be naturally embracing, right? So you need to think about what is going to be important to you when you're 95, when you're 85, when you're 75, what kind of a body do you want to be experiencing? And the reason I ask you this is because the body that we want is not just about the physical aspect of the body. It's about the value it represents. Then that goes back to taking a step back. When I think about my fittest, healthiest version of myself, and I imagine myself being all buff and bodybuilding and I go on stage, I'm lean, look at me. Is it about being lean or is it about something else? Well, actually it's about, I want people to know that I respect and love my body. I want people to know that I care for it and that I see it as being a high dollar, high price, high, you know, um, like, like a, an expensive Ferrari, right? I want to see that I drive a really lean, amazing machine and that I, I really value what it does for me. And I really want people to be inspired when they see it, right? Well, those are value systems. Those are values. I want people to see my work ethic. That's a value. I want them when they see my body to say, she definitely goes to the gym. That's a work ethic, right? I want people to see my discipline and my work ethic in my body. Those are values. I also want freedom. Um, in fact, my shirt, as you can see, it says freedom. That's actually the name of my church. Um, <laughs> but it's fitting because everything in my life comes down to the value of freedom. And so for me, 
when I think about my body at 85, it may not be ripped Arnold Schwarzenegger on. I mean, even look at him. Look, he doesn't look the way he did when he won the Olympia and stuff. You know, we're going to age. But I want my body to be free. I want to be able to move. I want to be able to walk. I want to be at my mom is going to turn 80 this year and she can still hike with me. I want to be that person. I don't want to be limited with health issues and walking with a cane if I can help it or stuck in a wheelchair because I, I didn't take care of myself or losing a foot because of diabetes or, or getting glaucoma if I can help it or something else. I want fullness of life and freedom. And that's why I want to take care of my body now. So that might look one way at 42 and, and one aesthetic way at 42, but it's going to look completely different at 82 and at 92. And I expect to live to my full 120 years, by the way. So I've got a long time of taking care of my body and I want to treat it with the value system that is important to me. So when we're looking at taking off the blinders and the tunnel vision, and we're taking that step back, the the, the deepest layer that we really want to peel back is what is this value represent, right? If I get to my goal weight of, let's say, 138, and I'm 138, and I weigh 138, what's the value behind that? Is it freedom? Am I experiencing more freedom? Because if I'm not, I'm doing it wrong, right? Then what do I need to change? What has to happen for me to experience freedom? And if I get to my goal weight, am I, am I experiencing, hey, my hard work is showing off. People can tell I go to the gym. I'm inspiring other people with how I look because that's a value to me. Now you can inspire people at 85 and how you look. It may not look like you looked at 30, but you can still inspire people in an 85-year-old body. There's plenty of guest posers at bodybuilding shows where you're like, whoa, how she looks amazing. How do I look like her at 85, Right. You know, that's possible, but you're not going to look like you're 35. That would be creepy. Like that's what celebrities do. And they have too much plastic surgery. And you're like, you don't look human anymore, right? We still want to age well and work with our body and respect our body as we age. But that's where I, it, it comes down to the value, that there's a value system that's important to you. And all you want is to have your body express that value system the way your soul is expressing that value system. It's not about the perfect body. It's about the expression of your soul, honestly. And when we really are focusing on the expression of your soul in this body, and your body is just another way to express who you really are, then it doesn't become about the number. It just becomes about something really fun. It's just about how can I be more me in my body? How can I be more me in how I express myself? This is just a fun accessory, like my hair, or like my clothes, right? And it's a way that I get to express myself. So that's kind of where I'm going to leave it today. There's obviously like, there's so many different places we could take this, but that's where I want you to really take a step back and think, what is the end result? It's not the number on the scale. It's the life I want to live, what I want to experience and how do I want my body to fully express who I am. When we allow our body to fully express who we are, we feel amazing in it and, it, and then the number doesn't matter as much. It could be whatever number fully expresses what you want to express in your body. And that is good enough, not the other way around. And if you're not, you know, sure how to really accomplish that for yourself, either you're struggling with the mental aspect of letting go of the scale and perfectionism and you need some help 
mentally unhooking from that concept and giving yourself permission to be you, you know, and enjoy your journey and let yourself enjoy the journey, then I would love to invite you in to uh, booking a one-on-one accelerate your fat loss free strategy session with me, because we can take a look at maybe some of the mental barriers that's getting in the way and what you would need to do to shift it and rewire your brain so that you can embrace more of your journey and, and embrace more of who you want to be in this body. Or if it's like, no, I like me and I, I know what I want. I just don't know why the scale's not working. Well, we can figure that out too. Um, same thing, book a one-on-one call with me. Let's figure out what's getting in the way, what's keeping the scale from moving. <laughs> so you no longer fixate on it anymore and we can get you a plan so you get unstuck and you can begin to move forward. I will also link in our show notes uh, the way for you to book that free strategy call uh, as well as the link to join my free Facebook group as well. So I hope this has been helpful. We'd love to hear your feedback. You're always welcome to leave comments or email me, Angela at Get Fit with Angela. Law.com. And I look forward to talking to you again next time.